pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. Jesus or Jesus. What's up, guys? It's Ryan and Taylor. What's up? We are here to talk to you about sin part do. Dose. Do. Do. I think do is the French. It's oh, D-E-U-X. Oh, okay. Dose. Okay, cool. I'm, or dose. I took I took Spanish, so. Or duos in the Greek. Yeah, I we got Justin, that one. Justin Johnson is going to start doing Greek oh. at, at, uh, at Boy soon. That's, yeah. Peanut Man. might take take Greek too. I don't know. We you should to, Greek stuff. We need to do Greek again. I know. I told Justin, I was like, I'm so glad you're going to be doing Greek soon. <laughs> so I need to do Greek some more. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to talk about that. That's <laughs> Speaking of depressing, we do want to talk about sad stuff today. Uh, we, Unfortunately. Yeah. there. I don't know if you, anybody's listened to. You probably haven't listened to the news, uh, but there's just been all sorts of just tragedies around the U.S., you know, in schools and in other places. I mean, just all over the world, uh, but I know specifically, Ryan, you were talking about the... Yeah, I mean, in Louisville alone, and, and really, guys, just turn on uh, AM 840 every now and again in the mornings, and uh, you'll you'll pop up and hear some, you know, they do news every 20 minutes or 10 minutes or something, and... Um, it's our, you know, homicide rate and stuff has gone up like nuts. Um, the deaths and everything and violent activities, violent crimes have gone up so much so that, um, this last week, I think Mayor Fisher approved the budget and it's something like 80 or 90% of the, the new budget yeah. is going towards public safety. Some of that is public safety programs and things, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is into the LMPD. Their plan right now is hiring 44 new officers. Yeah. Um, it's you know so it's it's pretty intense. It's a problem we have in our community. Um, it's here too. I mean, like I, I say here too. I mean, yeah, we are here in Louisville. I just I was just checking my email right before this, and somebody had just posted in one of our neighborhood groups. Uh, they had just re- finished talking to the police because somebody broke into their home. And man, even in our staff meeting, all the pastors were talking about things being stolen from the garages, from the trucks, from the driveways, all kinds of stuff. Yep. Um, but but the reason we bring up this deep dark you know tough stuff is why 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 is it that mayor fisher deems it important and valuable to hire 44 new LMPD officers yeah why why is this increase in violent death violent crimes um, death is always violent uh, <laughs> violent crimes and in homicide deaths and stuff why does it need to be addressed? And I think that's a great way to ask that too. Need does it need to be addressed? Yeah. Uh, addressed, and, and obviously I agree. It we, does need we, to be. We agree a, it does, right? We're trying to get at you. <laughs> but yeah, and, and the man, what he's getting at, and and again, you're not going. You're rarely going to run into into anyone who admits this. But if God does not exist, there is no need to address it. One part of naturalism is not better than the other part. One piece of natural processes cannot tell another part you don't belong. It's all on the same plane. Murder and marriage or abortion and birth, those are all equally natural processes if God does not exist. There's no ethical standard for deeming one right and the other not right. right. It's just made up. It's Well, I just... And again, that's why you see the abortion rate going up because really what it is, well, it's, I guess, not going up because I, from what I hear, it's actually on the decline. Oh, really? 
I think, but of course, probably the amount of people who support it seems to still be That's similar. That's definitely true. Yeah. yeah. But the reason we see the increase in that is because as we've moved away from a biblical worldview, we we are more inclined to justify whatever we want. And, and of yeah. course, if naturalism is true, then we should all be able to justify what we want, but none of us can justify complaining when somebody else's wants impedes on our own. Well, it's interesting that we'll look to the we'll look to the animal kingdom and we'll praise the predators for preying upon the weak animals. Yeah. Um, and we don't we don't find any inconsistency for the people to prey on the weak. Um, mm-hmm. Jennifer's just getting done working on a, a book talking about a woman coming out of the sex industry. Mm-hmm. Um, she was preyed upon. Yep. And that was an, a, a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really not that different than the animal kingdom. Um, a predator hunting down the weak in the pack and saying that's an easy kill. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, you know, that's gonna satisfy me. It's gonna give me food for the evening or whatever. Like, it's it, there's such a grand inconsistency between praising the natural order and then and then um, rebelling against the natural order mm-hmm. in hum- in human society. Yeah. And, and you're honest, or I say you're honest. Your average atheist or agnostic is not going to agree with that. They're going to say, well, no, it's whatever whatever benefits the majority. But again, there's an assumption there. Why is whatever benefits the majority better? Right. Because, uh, again, I mean, the minority very well could be right or better. I mean, there's no reason that majority rules. Right. There's absolutely no reason. It's just, well, we just want the majority to have happiness. That That's still arbitrary. Why human beings? Why not kill off human beings so that bees can survive? Right. I mean, if human beings are destroying the earth, then it would seem, at least if I really care about the natural world, maybe I would advocate for the killing of humanity so that all of the other species in, in the earth would survive. There's nothing in the atheist worldview to tell me that that's wrong or right. Right. Um, so why do we bring that up? Well, because the problem of evil is something everyone deals with, and we believe as Christians uh, that uh, the Christian worldview has the answer not only for explaining why there's wickedness in the world, but also um, the effectual or the the, the power to change that, uh, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, and <laughs> where does this all come from? That's mm. the question. So, okay, so... Arguing with atheists aside or, or disagreeing with the, the secular culture around us, like we still have to ask that question yeah. of where does sin come from and uh, is it all the same? How does it affect us? Mm-hmm. Um, is it equal? Yeah. yeah. So, well, in the way, the question I always like to ask people, and this is not my question originally, but it, it's, it's what I like to think through, and I usually say it wrong when I <laughs> ask it, but fortunately it's written down in front of me, oh, so I go. can't butcher it. But the question is this, are we sinners because we sin, or do we sin because we are sinners? Okay, there's a big difference there. Mm. Are, we lab- are, we, are we considered sinners before God because of our actions of sin, or is the actions of sin within our lives the expression of our being sinners, our nature? And so where does, where does evil come from? Well, the Christian argues that we have a, what we call a sinful nature, meaning in our composition, in our present status, in our makeup, uh, we have a condition that is in rebellion against God, and we are trying to express uh, an attempted 
lordship over our own life. And that involves, number one, turning against God. Number two, uh, imposing our will upon others. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it's going to look differently uh, from person to person, but we all express it in that way. And there's there's disagreement on on the fact that we're born into that nature of sin. However, uh, I find it, I always find it an interesting thing that one of the laws of thermodynamics, uh, which is not Christian, right? Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a big science thing, is uh, the law of entropy. Mm-hmm. Because one of the consequences of sin, the consequences of sin that that happened in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, uh, is death. God promises them death mm-hmm. in Genesis. Yet. They go on to live and have kids. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems to be that the death that they're referencing is ultimately a, a end of their physical life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we experience that. The law, of, the law of entropy is that all things are, are decaying. Everything yep. is decaying. Everything is turning into dust. Mm-hmm. Uh, from dust we will return into dust kind of thing. And, and that's true. I just hit 30, and it's, it's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, don't laugh. You almost there. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that for a little bit longer. <laughs> But no, he's absolutely right, and, and again, just another point, science does line up with Christianity, and again, of course, science itself assumes the biblical worldview, but that's another topic. Yeah, yeah that is another topic. Um, but yeah, I agree, man. It, it's um, Sin is the reason the world is the way that it is, and it's the reason we are experiencing pain and suffering. It's the reason we're also the cause of pain and suffering in our mm-hmm. lives and in other, others' lives. Mm, that's a good way to put it. So the question then is, uh, well, the two major questions we want to get at today is, is all sin equal? And then, because you hear that a lot, you hear that especially in talk in terms of you know homosexuality. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, you know, sin is all equal, and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But also, we want to hit on uh, what about believers? Do believers sin, or or what do we make of a believer who does sin? How do we think about that? And uh, I think those are two great questions, and I think it's not wrong to ask those questions. I think we, we need to have good answers, and we need to understand that. But, but number one, uh, where, uh, where, where does our guilt come from uh, as far as uh, our legal status before God? So, so the, the first parts uh, of our discussion about sin today involve uh, how, did, how did we become guilty of sin, and how did our nature become sinful? And, uh, and and we're just going to read right out of Romans 5.18. And it just says this. Uh, Paul is making his argument for, uh, first of all, in, in the book of Romans, he talks about how all people are guilty before God. Uh, and he talks about how both non-Jews and Jews are all sinners, all fall short of the glory of God. And then he, and as, he, as he moves into the gospel, he talks about how, how that happened. And so in Romans 5.18, he says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification, in justification <laughs> and life uh, for for many. And so, what uh, what he's talking about there is uh, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, all people descended from them are guilty before God. This is what where Adam is, is considered what we'd say a federal head. Uh, he he um, was in covenant with God, representing humanity, and because he rebelled, all human beings um, represented by Adam are now legally guilty. Meaning, when you, in other words, you are guilty before God first, not because of your explicit sinfulness, 
but because Adam's sinfulness and it's you've it's been imputed or or essentially you you've absorbed the same guilt. Uh, for, first of all, right? Yeah. yeah, this is kind of evidencing what's also called total depravity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's it, Adam's act of sin and rebelling in the garden um, didn't just impact his own his own life it impacted all the life to come out of him mm-hmm. um, yeah and it's just like uh, you know you can point to a lot of other things so if someone wants to try to make an argument against this which there's you know we we're happy to have that conversation uh, why do we all die yeah uh, there are other things um, why do we all get old mm-hmm. there are other things that have been imputed yeah upon the human race um, and not only is scripture regularly telling us, you know, this is exactly what consequently just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty hard to get around. Yeah. Um, you can look at your own life and say, okay, other things from the fall are, are still affecting me today. Right. I still have, I still have consequences. There's still consequences from that one sin. Um, yeah. And, and so that, so, so what Ryan's hitting at is so, so we've all received the guilt of, of Adam and the, not only that, but we've also received the nature of Adam. Which was, was kind of what right, Ryan right. was talking about there is that um, because of Adam's sin, not only are we legally guilty, meaning if in the court of God, he uh, he he just he is in he is just to condemn us. Uh, again, I always think of the other middle school pastor here long before me who, when a kid would say, well, that's not fair, his response was always, well, you want to know what's fair? <laughs> Hell's fair. And, I need to <laughs> use that more because it's so good. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. Like, it, And th- this is not a normal assumption of our culture. We, we tend right. to think, you know, people are basically good. But no, Scripture is clear. All have fallen short of the glory of God. The human heart is deceitful above all else. Uh, I am wicked uh, in my base nature, and and so the reason is not only am I guilty before God, but Adam's nature of deceitfulness, uh, self-centered absorption, that leads me to try to build my own kingdom. So, so what's the result of that? Number one, uh, our flesh is corrupt, um, and, and you know, our in other words, our body. Um, uh, it wills to be Lord over over what we do. And uh, so, so in that sense, that's corrupt. But also our mind and our conscience. Titus 1.15 says, To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and their consciences are corrupted. And then I'll just emphasize consciences real quickly. Well, I mean mind. Do you think about it? Uh, I mean everybody has um, thoughts that they know are wicked. Uh, everybody has thoughts that they know would condemn them, which is why it would be terrible if people could read our minds. Um, yeah. Oh, t- man. It's got to be the worst mutant ability. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, and it's also why Jesus, it, <clears throat> because it is our mind and our conscience, and we can't third-person video game, like, zoom out mm-hmm. on ourselves, we have a hard time even recognizing um, that our mind and our consciences are are, uh, are sinful. I've, I've had many people tell me, oh, I, you know, I don't believe in God, you know, but, oh, yeah, I'm going to hell. Like, in the same breath, they tell me they're going to hell. Hmm. I feel like that's a pretty honest, like, uh, they know their flesh. Yeah, yeah. But they but they don't question their mind mm. because they just got done telling me they, they clearly don't believe in God. He's a, he's a farce. Yeah. Yet they recognize that they live fleshly, sinful lives. So it's really hard to get out of your mind. Um, 
forgot where I was going with that one. No, but I agree with what you're saying. Oh, what was it? (laughs) Crap. It was good. Anyway. But people do. They inherently know that they are wicked. Even though we tend to think people are good, it wouldn't take long to get someone to admit, yeah, okay, I've got some some wicked tendencies, you know? Yeah. Now you're stuck trying to remember I'm stuck trying to remember (laughs) what it was. Well, it's, uh, ah, man, I mean, we just, we lock ourselves in our head, and we we deem that all of our answers are the right answers. Um, for some reason, it's easier to see the outward things, but the inward things. Um, it's a reminder of the need for the gospel and for new hearts and new minds. Um, mm. All of us needs to be made new, yeah. uh, not just our bodies. Um, and they're, they're interconnected. So even that, even someone telling you uh, they don't believe in God and then the next breath saying that you know they understand that their actions are damnable mm-hmm. and they should be able to go to hell um, for their physical actions, it's a... It's a they're, they're thinking that their mind, their spiritual, the, their non-material life, the non-material part of themselves is separate from their physical self, mm-hmm. which is not, it's not true. Absolutely. Um, sin has entered and permeated both those things fully, um, and, and we, need a, we need a response to that fully. And this is exactly why behavior change is not enough, because yes. the physical expression of our sin is not rooted in our bodies. It's rooted in our, our broken wills and hearts, our, our wickedness, our corrupt nature. Our body only enables us to express the sin in us. So to change our physical circumstance, change our behavior, sin is still going to come out later on. It's like an apple tree. You can't yeah. just pull apples off and hope that it'll grow something different. Uh, it's just going to keep growing apples. And... Um, and so both our minds, our flesh, and our conscience. I wanted to hit on conscience real quickly. You know, a cult- culture you oft- talk, often talks about how, well, there's different stages of morality. And what I would argue is that, you know, there's different expressions of, of the same universal morality. However, there's also um, seared or numbed consciences. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I mean, you just look at the history of the U.S. and you just see how much more sexualized we've progressed oh, over man. the last hundred years. Oh, man. And, it, and it's just because uh, the the more we enjoy, um, you know, just exposing ourselves and things like that, it's just we, we become more conditioned to accept it as normal. Well, that's a uh, – I remember where I was going. Oh, good. <laughs> so what I was going to say is, you know, it's easy to see our, our sin in our flesh. We're easy to see our outward sin. It's, it's less easy to see our sin in our mind and in our consciences, and it's – particularly easy to to not think our minds and our consciences are sinful because we can make the argument that doesn't affect anybody only hurts ourselves mm-hmm. if it hurts us at all mm. ironically though jesus spends a ton of time doing what in the gospels he spends a ton of time bringing the law back to the heart mm-hmm. and to the mind and, and when he's pointing to the heart he's pointing to the mind he's pointing yeah. to the conscience yeah and he's saying if if in your mind mm-hmm you know, you look at a woman in this way. Right. If in if in your mind you blaspheme God, yep. th- that that matters. Mm-hmm. That has impact. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if your mind, if your conscience aren't corrupted mm-hmm. by sin, that, that wouldn't matter. And what what's happening in our culture more and more too is uh, we're just happy to. Unfortunately, we're starting to express more what we thought yeah. um, yep. through our flesh. We're starting to express more what just stayed in our head and we justified. But that makes sense. Because of what we say, this is what Jesus also saying. Why it's important to, to, uh, to confess the sins of your mind and of your conscience. Because if you don't confess them and address them and turn away from them while they're in that state, mm-hmm. they will mature into something 
more. Yeah. They will be expressed in another way. So, guys, if you're looking at pornography and you think you're not hurting anyone, first of all, sex industry, you're hurting them. Second of all, eventually, when you're in a room with a girl, you're going to do something mm-hmm. more than you think you would because you've been thinking about it. You've been dwelling on it in mm-hmm. your mind. And now that you have a physical opportunity in front of you to take advantage of it, um, without even thinking to some degree, your mind, your your body is going to join in with what your mind is inclined to already do. Yeah. Um, and that that's why Jesus goes. I think that's why Jesus goes all the way back to to the heart mm-hmm. and goes back to the mind matters because that's equally uh, corrupted as the as the as the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. So so we are fully corrupted in every way. So the two major questions and is sin equal? And our believers, you know, without sin. Number mm. one, uh, is all sin equal? Uh, yes and no. And so we're going to take the controversial middle road. <laughs> uh, Romans five sixteen Sitting says, <laughs> "Yeah." Normally, I hate compromisers, but really, the answer is yes and no. <laughs> is all sin equal? Yes and no. And here's why. Uh, Romans five sixteen says, um, uh, no, nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. And so the point I want to, I'm reading out of here, I shouldn't have read that first half. Of this. <laughs> uh, the main thing I want you to catch is the judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. How is all sin equal? Number one, because all sin is equally guilty before God in that it is equally condemnable uh, it equally detaches us from God, separates us from God deserves the justice of God and it, it is all um, against God, so yes, all sin is uh, equal in rebellion well, and the uh, one sin of Adam uh, damned us all Yeah. So, and so, so anything that comes after it there might be some differences that we're going to talk about, but mm-hmm. ultimately the biggest deal right is damnation the right. biggest deal is going to hell the biggest deal is being held responsible um in that way and so that one sin yeah and therefore any sin that follows it yeah. um has merited that condemnation that judgment um yeah so so whether it's heterosexual lust or homosexuality right those things are both in the same condemnation um one is not safer than the other <laughs> right so, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Jerry Bridges wrote a book called Respectable Sins. I have not read um, that, but I've heard. Yeah, it. yeah, and it's 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 highlighting on this. Uh, we like to pick on the big sins that are popular in the culture, mm-hmm. um, and and no Christian, although this is not true anymore, many Christians don't disagree on. But then there's all these other sins like gossip mm. and uh, and lust and other such things that. Uh, that we've deemed respectable mm-hmm. um, and, and not that we, we don't say they're okay. We don't say they're respectable, but our actions in our, in are, are, are not addressing those sins and getting people to repent and turn away from the sins is, is basically saying like they're okay. But the reality is they also bear the same weight of condemnation. Right. However, it's yeah. fence sitting. They're a little different. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, equal in condemnation, but they're different in a couple of ways. Number one, degrees of wickedness. Uh, for, for example, I mean, uh, if, if you're lusting in your mind, um, while that's equally as wicked, uh, it, it, as far as your guilt before God, it's not as wicked as if you were to go and rape someone. I right. mean, it, there's, just, there's degrees of wickedness. Right. And also, as a result, there's also degrees of consequence. 
um, because obviously, you know, it, certain certain sin brings about certain consequences, uh, some more severe, some less severe. Uh, and you see it too in the way God um, treats teachers of God's word. It says that they will be held more accountable. Uh, so, so meaning that there are degrees in the seriousness of of our wickedness and the consequences and things like that. Um, so, it also highlights, um, it, you know, when forgiveness is extended after repentance, um, you might still have consequences for your actions. Yeah. So, you know, you might not have cleaned your room, and you tell your mom or your dad you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they follow up and say, "Well, go clean your room now." Uh, you don't get to go, oh, but you forgave me, mm-hmm. uh, right? You, uh, no, you've sinned, and yes, we've forgiven you, but like your room still needs to get cleaned. Mm-hmm. Your sin was disobedience to us. Um, you, you still need to go take care of the thing we initially commanded you to do. So uh, like, there's still consequences that, that occur, and those consequences are different, mm-hmm. um, even though the ultimate, consequence of, or the ultimate consequence of condemnation isn't. Right, yeah. Um, so all sins equal in its uh, condemnation, uh, but it is different in the degrees of wickedness, the expression uh, of the wickedness, and also in the consequences it, it'll bring. Uh, but lastly, uh, and this is a really important question for believers are, and non-believers, uh, are believers sinless? And the first thing you know, we would say for <laughs> sure is, no, we are not without sin. So if anybody thinks that they're in a, they're better than other, other non-believers because they're Christians, <laughs> they're not. You know, we we have sin. And First John one eight, uh, it is. Uh, I'm sorry, that is not First John one eight. Is that what I said earlier? Did I say that? Yeah, I listed. Oh, you just copied and pasted it again. Yeah, wow. First John. Oh, I did do that. Okay. Um, so First John one eight is talking about if. If Christ, uh, because Christ says that we have sin, for any of us to say we do not have sin, uh, we are to make Christ out to be a liar. Um, so uh, we, we make Christ out to be a liar if we say we do not have sin. If we, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First John 1 8. First John 1 8. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my, my outline was messed up. Yeah. In other words, believers have sin. First John is written to a church. He's writing to believers. And so what he's saying is, if we say we don't have sin, we're lying. Uh, the second right. thing, though, um, and, and okay, so I want to be clear. The believer is righteous, meaning the believer has sin. Their sin is not held against them because their sin has been paid for on the cross. First right. uh, John 2.1 says, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So, the believer is positionally without sin. The believer has a relationship with God based on the sinlessness of Jesus. So, in our sin, we run with open expectation to God knowing He receives us because our sin is no longer against us. Uh, But we still struggle with it. Mm -hmm. First, second thing I was going to say is is that to the unbeliever, that gift is available to you as well right. um, through repenting and believing, turning from what you're dealing with, just confessing it and, and trusting that Jesus has died for you. Um, so, so, and, and then the last thing, though, I don't know if you want to have any comment. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
the reality is this. Um, you know, First John two one again says here, right? Like, um, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, and he says that because he's a pastor and he knows people mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. Um, he then reminds them, we have an advocate with G- with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We have an advocate in the life, death, and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. Um, we live as believers. We live, uh, you, you might have heard the term, we're sojourners um, or we're aliens. Um, this is a temporary dwelling now. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in this tension of already and not yet. Already our sin has been paid for on the cross. Yeah. Not yet have we been glorified. Mm-hmm. Not yet are we in perfect union with Jesus. Already we have union with Jesus. When we take the Lord's Supper, when we when we eat the bread and drink that wine or juice or whatever you do, um, there is a unity with Christ there. Mm-hmm. He's asking us to remember him. He's also he's also with us in that moment in a real tangible way. Um, however, <laughs> he hasn't brought us into a perfect uh, barrier, barrierless union, because right now our flesh keeps us from being um, being able to openly, fully enjoy that union with Him. Yeah, yeah. Um, now come Jesus comes back and glorifies us, uh, we will have a full union with Him. We'll, we won't be wrestling with sin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just it's just a reminder when you do sin. It's a reminder to preach the gospel to yourself. It's a reminder to remind yourself of the promise of the cross, to remind yourself the promise of glorification of a life living without this burden. Um, And not, it's not a reminder to beat yourself up. Yeah. It's a reminder to fall on Christ more. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the reason why we still are left with the battle of sin. Oh yeah. Um, It's a much more realistic, we're, we're much more realistic um, emissaries of the gospel, advocates for for Jesus Christ, uh, by being able to say daily, I need Him, mm-hmm. rather than because uh, who wouldn't accept if we could be holy rollers right now? Who wouldn't accept that? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, sin in this sense is actually kind of a beneficial thing. Oh yeah, I mean it keeps us humble. It keeps right. us realizing we need the grace of Christ. We're not many gods. Yeah, we we always need it, uh, both to stand before God, but also to continue to fight sin. But there is one last thing we want to say in 1 John 3, Mm. chapter 6. John says this, No one who lives in Jesus keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. And the point here is not that you are without sin. It's that you don't make a habit of sin. If If you have sin in your life that continues to go unchecked, and you're just in it, and you enjoy it, and you have, and, there, and there's just um, no power or no will to fight it. You need to to ask yourself if you're really a believer, because what John is saying is you're not. And so we don't point that out to say that we're better. What we're doing is we're trying to say, hear the mercy of God in telling you this, so that you'll cry out to Him right. and repent from right. the sin. So that's what we want to encourage. If you do not know Christ and if you are wrestling with sin over and over again, man, confess and, and run to him. Uh, reach out to us. Reach out to your parents and and fight that. Don't remain in it. That is not God's will for you. You can't, and you can't fight it on your own. You need Christ. Yeah. You need Jesus to crucify that sin on your behalf. Um, and, and part of the way you express that, that confession of living in the light, is by getting it both first to Christ, confessing it to him, right. But also expressing it outwardly to others 
as a, as a way of, of seeking accountability, but also uh, relating to others, not by hiding your sin, but by, by exposing it and saying, this is who I am. So we just want to encourage you guys in that. We want you to know if you're wrestling with sin, to, to jump in with somebody, find a, find a believer. And if you are a believer, find someone to confess to. Uh, but that's all we got today, guys. We will see you tomorrow night for youth worship in the loft at 630. And share this on social media. Yeah. Have a great afternoon. Bye. Jesus, Lord Jesus. You were made to be real.